Okay, hi everyone. Welcome, welcome back to All Wakey Are We. It's been a while since we've done this uh, this roundup, so we've got loads to cover. Um, I've got COVID, which is a nightmare, but I seem to be able to speak. I haven't lost my sense of taste, which is the most important thing. <laughs> I can still have my snacks and live life. But uh, I did miss a gig last night, which I was good about. So um, what better thing to do than slightly croakily do a, a podcast covering everything that's been going on in September. There's been loads going on, so we've got loads to cover today. And with Sai, as always. Hey, Sai. Hi, Rich. How are you doing? Well, I was going to say how are you doing, but obviously you're a little bit under the weather, <laughs> having got the dreaded uh, COVID lurgy. The, the dreaded lurgy, yeah. Uh, no, I'm all, I'm all right, actually. Um, it feels really weird, like like being a bit like on sedatives or something, and then getting a bit of a, a bit of a shiver. I don't I don't mind it really, um, but um, I don't know. It's all changed, doesn't it? Like, do, do you remember like um, when it all started? You were practically like it was like being a leper, wasn't it? Having COVID, you were practically had to stay in a room with like a sign painted on your door. And everyone had to ignore you, and now and now they um, they just seem to say crack on. Do yeah. Back back then, everyone had to have like hazmat suits to come and see you, and people were having to wave through windows rather than actually talking to each other. I know. Oh my god. I wonder what history will say about that strange period of lockdown. Anyway, um, I know I know it's obviously serious. So I don't want to make too light of it, but anyway, we soldier on, don't we? Um, yeah. There's loads loads been going on. Five matches, am I right? Size since we last Brig was the last one we discussed, wasn't it? It was, yeah. That wonderful um, last minute well, winner course. with the scenes in the stands and everything. Yeah, it was a fantastic game, was that one? And yeah, we've had five games since then: four in the league, one in the cup. Cool. Well, look. Um, before we get before we get into all of that, um, I want to start with um, our little. All wakey, aren't we? Family uh, kind of uh, predictions league. Um, so, I mean, um, shout out to everyone who's involved. Before then, though, shout out to um, the All Wakey, aren't we? Patrons, um, Matty and Ian, who are really helping the show. Um, we're gonna, we're not gonna labour the point about pay, uh, patrons and getting everyone to fund it. But each, each kind of month, we're gonna find new ways, like for. Uh, you to support us there's a monthly patron thing which you can chip in a couple of quid but we're going to try and uh, raffle off a shirt as well and then i'm going to try and set up just like a one-off donation system as well um like i said we're not going to labor the point it's all it's all helps the podcast kind of um keep going really because there's hosting fees production fees getting to the matches and whatnot and we don't take a penny from it it's all it's all been, uh, voluntary so anything if you do listen and like it, you know, you can chip in a couple of quid. Like Ian and Matty from Scotland, Ian from Chattanooga, do. Matty's just had a birthday. What a legend. What do? He runs this really cool um, Insta called Scotch and Scarves, at Scotch and Scarves. It's really good. Uh, it matches a football club to a, uh, a fine Scotch. 
Um, so we're waiting to see what um, what he matches Wakefield to. I don't know. I'm a fan of Scotch, but I can't think of one. My we need to get a scout up to him, don't we? Yeah, that's true. That is true, actually. Yeah. So his his Instagram has a kind of a really nice photograph of the club scarf next to the bottle of scotch that he matches and a little review of why he's done it. So I think the club needs to sort him out by getting him a scarf because it's a really cool promotion. And we have a new cool scarf, don't we? We don't have a... I've still got the infamous black and white scarf that everyone thinks is a Newcastle scarf with the dodgy badge on. But I like to wear it almost ironically now. But it doesn't look anything like a Wakefield scarf at the moment. It's a bit Featherstone Rovers-like almost, isn't it? It is. I wonder if they got loads of old stock from Fest and Romans <laughs> and stuck that bad badge on it. I don't know. Um, I like it even more if that was the case. Um, so yeah, that's that's um, Matty. Happy birthday, mate. I hope you're not um, as old as I feel. Um, and then Chattanooga Ian, who took Wakefield to the um, to the Premier League title on Football Manager, he's coming on the show very soon so i'm looking forward to that as well so look funding and getting involved is not just about us taking money off you it's about like becoming active parts of the show as well so um <coughs> that's enough on patron stuff but we do want support so chip in a few quid if you can um a free f- bit of fun that we've been kind of indulging in this this uh this season is the all wakey out we champions league prediction league I love the Champions League. Um, I'm not necessarily the best at predicting. This week I got the wooden spoon, the infamous wooden spoon for the worst round of predict- predictions ever. But anyway, <coughs> um, at the moment, current standings, top of the predictions league, number one is PK Blinders, uh, which is an awesome name, PK, as in Gerald PK from Barcelona. And that's uh, Dan the Man Gardener, who's the main man, uh, runs everything for Decker um, at, at Wakefield. Um, so he's been consistently good. Um, second, he's got 51 points. Second at the moment is Chattanooga Ian, Ian C. Webb, who had the best results this week. He's got 46. Amazingly, even though I had the wooden spoon, I'm third with 44 points. Sai had a really bad round for another wooden spoon round. Um, a couple of weeks ago, but now he, he had a really good round. So you're up to um, fifth on 41 points. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the um, the bottom people have only got like, have still got like 28, 30 points. So if anyone wants to join in, I think you still can. Um, and you're more than welcome. So, you know, the leaders are not unassailable. Um, so yeah, get involved. And also there might've been a couple of people who might've forgotten this week. So they've dropped down because, uh, like I said, I had a bad week and, uh, I seem to have done already dropped one place and I'm not that good at this game. So anyway, it's good fun. <coughs> if you put the, you put the link on the Twitter and I'll put it on the Facebook page group as well. And we can see if we can get anyone else involved. Yeah. Good. Good idea. We'll do, we'll do that. Um, and we'll have some sort of we'll have some sort of prize or commendation or ceremony or something like that or uh, or uh, yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll keep mentioning it from month to month. Um, I think the Champions League runs all season, so it'll keep some interest going all the way through to uh, 
to May or June. Um, <coughs> cool. So that's that. Um, back to the real league. We have... Um, not as good as it was last time. Um, but we're still in a respectable sixth position with 16 points. Um, Campion are first after 10 games, played 28 plus 30 goal difference. They are an amazing side. They're unbeaten. They've only conceded six goals. They've scored 36. Um, if they're not champions, I'd be very surprised. Um, they've given us a couple of beatings, as we'll go into. Um, second, Rossington. Um, 25 points. Plus 14 goal difference. Third, Holbury, who were the early pace setters, but now they've played two games more than Campion and Rossington. And they've, they've gone on a bit of a losing streak. They've been found out. That said, they've still scored 34 goals, so pretty good. Harrogate Railway for 20 points. Brigfith, 19 points. And then Wakey. Played 10. Won 5. Drawn 1. Lost 4. Scored 23 against 13. That's not great. Points, 16. Um, what do you make of that, Sorry. It's <coughs> realistically, we, we had said before, this you know anything above mid table would be happy with, and I think the the start we had when we when we picked up um, ten points from the first four games, led us you know, so you can quite easily think, oh, you know, it's it's not as difficult as we thought it was going to be. Um, I wouldn't say particularly we've been found out. I just think we've we found out how tough this league is with when you've come in to face the best sides. And I think with a fully fit team, we'd still be able to give them a run for the money. Mm. To say we've been devastated by injuries is probably not an understatement, to be fair. <laughs> I, th I think any club would suffer with the amount of injuries we've had. Um, but we've, you know, we've still been battling and we'll continue to do so. It's just that, yeah, I, th I think the month that we're particularly looking at now has been the worst month we've had since we've been Wakefield. We've had five games, um, out of which one of them we've we've taken a win. But you, you were right with Campion; they are so strong. Um, we said that about Swinton last year, though, and we won the league. Mm. <laughs> Could that be an omen? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing onto a little bit of hope. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's Swinton were always the runaway team in the Sheffield and Helmshire Premier, um, and we picked them last year. Campion do look strong, but if they have the similar sort of injuries and what have you that we do, they might, you know, they could end up in a similar position. You never know. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, we have strengthened as well, haven't we? We've got a new signing, Tom Place or Tom Class, who sounds really, really good. Central midfielder, yeah. experienced. Made his debut on Saturday against Harrogate Railway and looked really good in there. And it's, it's the, it's, I think it's the one of one of the missing links. I think that we've had is someone very vocal uh, and, and with a lot of experience um, in the middle of the park, um, and he brings that to the side. And you could tell that already, even in his first game. So um, I think he's going to be a fantastic addition to the team. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited to uh, 
to see him play. Forces man, so he can be our midfield general, can't he? You know? <laughs> um, going back to the um, Sheffield and Hampshire, I thought it'd be a good um, little feature before we get into the waking matches. Just to have a little um, look back to the uh, league below <coughs> and also the league above, but um, you'd be amazed at who's top of the Sheffield and Hallamshire early pace set as a, a Hepworth, um, who, who are unbeaten at the moment. They've had a cracking start. It starts later than, than us, so they've only played four games, but um, I wouldn't have picked Hepworth as the, uh, as the um, league leaders at this stage. Penston Church Reserve's obviously always good. Swinton have uh, not done well at all, um, although they've only played three games. The magic of the... Uh, Sheffield and Hallamshire, you know, there's some teams already, like North Gorber have played one match and Hepworth have played four. Stocksbridge have played five, so maybe the league table's a little bit misleading, but I always liked Hepworth, so I'm kind of pleased that they're um, that they're um, doing okay. Um, Wombwell, Wombwell Town and Wombwell, Maine. Now, remind me, Si. Men was the one that were in our division. Men were in our division. Wombwell Town was the new one. Yeah, that's um, the side that James was predicting are going to be pretty like a force to watch, aren't they? Yeah. They, so that's interesting. Now, in the league above, in the NCL, Emily, who we played pre-season and who beat us, are second so they're doing really well and that's interesting because i went to that match and um i think we gave them a very 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 good game and i think we were unlucky to lose i think uh i would say we were the better team in the first half they were the better team in the second half and for a few crossbar or saves or whatever I think the result could have been the other way so that's just me giving a little bit of uh, a confidence booster for the team because Emily are right at the top of the NCL Premier, um, just behind North Ferriby. And they weren't absolutely destroying us pre-season. And that's where we picked up a couple of players from as well. That's where Tom's come from. And uh, the new attacking midfielder, Jaden Sandu, also from Emily. He scored against us in that oh, uh, pre-season friendly as well. Yes, it was a great goal as well. It was an absolute rip snort in finish. Um, so, yeah, so that Emily are top, just above Paniston Church and Garforth. So, it's interesting. Also, Yorkshire Amateur, who we're going to play um, in the Cup, are rock bottom with only four points from 11 matches. Now, even if they might be like a better quality side, they are on a stinking run of form, so their confidence has got to be low. Uh, so that's got to give us encouragement for the cup coming up, right? Yeah, I think I saw some articles over the summer. I think they were they were um, struggling. Um, I don't know if it was financially or with volunteers and stuff, but I know there was quite a lot of turmoil over the summer for them. So I think some players left and they've been bringing in some other players. So there's been a lot of change happening at, uh, at them, like it has with Parkgate in our um, division as well. And tends to unsettle sides when you've got a lot going on. But I think at one point it was they were looking where they're going to get a team together for the season. And um, so that might be why they, 
scrabbling at the bottom a little bit at the moment. But um, historically, they've been quite a good side before, and sort of, I think they've even played in in a higher than than step five where they are now. Yeah, I think they have been higher than step five. I think they might have even been re- re- relegated last last year. But anyway, yeah. So so they're historically a good a good side. They're Leeds. They're they've played from Leeds, don't they? Yeah, North. It's sort of North Leeds. It's not far from. Chapel Town, Herald's type of area, yeah. Hmm. We had, we had well, a pre-season friendly there last season at their ground, so it's a side that I've seen before, but I can't remember too much about them at the time. Well, the good thing is that um, there should be chance for a cup upset there, so I think people should uh, get along to that. But look, I mean, overall, we're not doing bad, really. I mean, we're not doing... Great, but I think given what you said earlier, we've been decimated with injuries. We I have. think it's a very respectable start to the season. Um, and you know, we might be kind of a long way off the top now. We're like twelve points off the top of Campion, but we are only one win away from the playoff spots, so that's that's pretty good. Um, I think that's got to be our. A realistic target for this season. I don't know. I agree. Yeah, I know. I predicted that we were going to be champions earlier, but that was before our, our horrific run of injuries. I mean, let, let's just go over the injuries. Like, there's been so many, hasn't there? There's been like to start with, Jimmy Morris has been out for the whole season. Yeah, and probably and, the rest uh, of the season. He is. Yeah, he's not back till next season. Yeah, he's he's, he's going to be out for the full season now. Yeah. Um, so he was a is, starter, wasn't he? He was a starter and a, a, a real key organiser. He was a captain, the, yeah. Yeah, the hero of the kind of match away at Swinton who scored. So, yeah, that's a big loss. Um, Brad? Another big loss. One of the most vocal players we've got as well. Um, so he's one of the players that you notice when he's not in the back line because he, he's, he's very vocal and really helps organise the back line. Um, he's still waiting to see a specialist following his MRI. Um, so we'll have a better idea once he's uh, heard back from the specialist as to what uh, the prognosis is. But yeah, if that was in the first match of the season, first half um, against Glass Outen. Um, two midfielders, Dan and Jock. Sorry, we've got um, Jake. We're missing now as well, which is Jake. Jacob from I mean, yeah. people have tried to fill in there, haven't they? But it's just not it's not been the same really. Nothing's really worked for us. Um and you know, they've, they've all put in a put in a shift and tried their best, but the, no, no one we've put in there is a natural striker. Um Danny Hernandez has played there. Um Racy Banda has played there for a bit, and last week we tried Harley Blankley in there. It's it's it, it's difficult. You can't replace the chick. I suppose it's one of those things you don't realise until he's not there. The amount of work that he does, not just in terms of scoring goals, but pulling defenders around to create gaps for everybody else. And we're not creating the space up front. I think that's one thing we were struggling with, particularly last week, is is the fact that we were, as, as we watched it from our point of view, from the sidelines as fans, we we, we almost playing four one five, and we didn't have a. An, a, an attacker. We just had lots of attacking midfielders across the line. It's probably not what the system was, but it's just how it seemed to work, and we weren't breaking them down at all, really. So that's a big loss. And with Jake, he's weeks. You know, he, he says it's going to be a few weeks yet. 
um, another player that's waiting to see a specialist for uh, for an opinion on how long that's going to be. Yeah, that's a nightmare. Like as everyone knows, he's one of my favourite players, and it's often the case with any football team that a really, really effective striker is the difference between you know a, a, a promoted side and a mid-table side. You know, um, so it's it, it's such a shame. And then uh, we haven't talked about our midfield, which has been decimated. We've got uh, we've got uh, Tom Class um, in there now, but um, up until this point. We've been uh, having to make do, haven't we, as well? Yeah. Danny's still out. Jock's still out. Um, I'm not sure when they're back yet. I know. Um, I think Danny was aiming to be back for the Stavely match that we've got on the 15th. Um, but we don't know until they actually turn up and, and get out there if they've actually, you know, if they are actually fit and ready to go. Um, Billy's back in the team now, but we, we lost Billy for a while with injury. Um Owen didn't come on against Harrogate because he had an injury. So, yeah, we, we've gone throughout the team. Yeah, that's the whole spine, isn't it? That's the, literally the whole spine of your starting 11 has been injured. Well, we know from playing Campion, look, they were a really strong backline and a really potent striker. Very So you take away their striker and their defender and they'd be struggling like we are, I think. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like that for any team, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm really torn in a way, and this is me just being a bit of a a spoiled football fan, I guess. But I know it's not like not only, only Man City can just go out and get any player they want, right? Um, but I was hoping we'd have signed a few more players because it is a squad game. That's just my personal opinion. I feel like you know we had a cracking season last year. We were champions. And those those lads definitely should have had a chance to, you know, prove themselves at this level, which I think they're doing really well. But also, I, I do remember Gage saying that we were going to maybe like sign six six players or something like that, or try. And I know before everyone at the club starts going, yeah, but it's not as simple as that. I do know, you know, <laughs> that you, you, it's much more complicated than just opening a checkbook because it's not like that, is it? You know, you've got to like most of these lads have jobs. Uh, you know, they, they, they've got other things going on in their lives. You know, for instance, Tom Class, our new signing, he's, he's in the army, isn't he? In the, in the RAF, should I say? RAF, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's not like, you know, signing a, a, a full-time pro footballer. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being unfair to say that I, I feel like we've missed a, a trick a little bit by not strengthening. But... I think we need to listen to it. It's law, they say, you know, if the worst thing happened, it it will, right? You know, and uh, we don't strengthen, and then we get an injury crisis. We've, we've added to the team, but we've added into the areas where we haven't had injuries. We, it's we've been both lucky and unlucky in that respect. We've we've increased our fullbacks and wingers and attacking midfielders, and those areas haven't really been affected as much by injury. It's the centre backs, the central midfielders, and the centre forward. Um, yeah, unless you brought in a full eleven. I suppose that was all, it could always be the case, but yeah, we've been we've been. I'd like to think we've just been unlucky, really, with that. Um, but yeah, you're probably you know, right. It's just we've got a new, we've got a new centre back. Yeah. We've got a new centre back. We've got a new central midfielder um, or two. If you know, if you've got the attacking midfielder with Jordan come in, a um, couple of the young players that we signed last week. Not sure what their positions are. If there's, I think one's a striker, one um, possibly midfielder. 
Um, and Gabe did speak to to some of his fans after the game against Harrogate and said they're still aiming to get a striker in. Um, hopefully before we play again, you know. So whether that'll be just the cup game or whether it's still, I don't know. They're, they're working a lot behind the scenes to try and get a, a you know, a, a, a top level striker in. So for those people who, who haven't heard about these, let's just go through these new signings then. So we got we got Tom Class or Clay's probably. Yeah. Um, he, he came from Emily. Um, very experienced, been around a lot of um, non-league clubs to um, to come to us. Uh, Jaden Sandu also came from Emily, as I mentioned before, scored against us in pre-season. He looks a really lively uh, attacking midfielder. Um, the difficulty, I think, is getting him and Billy in the side at the same time, which yeah. we've done, but they kind of tend to do the same thing, so they're both attacking midfielders, in my opinion. I don't know. So he's got um, a plumber vibe, I thought, because he's he's tall as well. Who's that? Sorry, uh, Sandu. No, he's he's the he's the he's the, the short. Oh, he's in the short lad. one. Yeah, it's it's, it's quite short, um, like a little Maradona. Ah, <laughs> well, Maradona. You know, with like a little sort of really good sort of turning circle on him and little touch to get him away from defenders and scored an absolute stormer against uh, against Dronfield. Um who else have we got? Um, just bear with me one second. Let's head out a little hour. Centre back, you said. Yeah, thank you. Yes, uh, Chris uh, Joxus, I think it's pronounced. It's J O K S A S. I think it's Joxus. Um, Christianus Joxus. Um, he's had three games now. Yeah, three games alongside Corey at centre back. Um, Wilman is another one. Jack Wilman came on as a sub against Harrogate. Um, didn't have long to, to sort of, you know, you know to, to judge him. That's why I wasn't really sure on his position, sort of what his natural position is, but um, he looked quite bright when he came on. And then there is Owen. Owen Derrett, that's the guy. Owen Derrett, who's, I think, a striker. Um, another young lad, but he hasn't played yet. So we'll have to see how he, he goes. But uh, yeah, they are still adding to the side and they're still recruiting. Scouts working overtime. And um, yeah, it's just about just making sure we can get through this period of injuries and uh, come out the other side, really. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, sounds like that everything's moving in the right direction. Um. Let's go through these matches then. What was what was the first match after Brig then? It was the campy one that you and I went to oh. in the league. Um, when we lost 2-0, but I would actually say we only lost 2-0 because the man of the match in that one, um, with a superb performance, um, was Henry, um, who probably pulled off at least four worldy saves um, to, to keep the score down. And what a strong side they were. Um I remember you you were particularly impressed with the way they started the game. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, they they were really impressive. I mean, they 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 were massive to start with. They, like our, our lads looked like actual schoolboys compared to them. It looked like literally men against boys, and their, their centre backs are really tall, really like aggressive, like in your face types, and they were 
shouting and hyped up like you know like they'd all been taking steroids in the dressing room or whatever or whatever or just been gunning espressos or something like they were bang up for it like shouting and pumped and uh they just came at us from the from the kickoff and uh it was literally just a wave after wave of pressure and then slam they screamed one into the corner and it was just so predictable because they just steamrolled us from the kickoff and uh I don't know, it just seemed to rock us off on the back foot and uh, and intimidate us, I think. And uh, I don't know, maybe that's unfair on the lads, but it, it seemed like they were the most forceful, aggressive side. And, uh, and uh, yeah, they, they definitely like um, got us rocking and we never recovered, really. And they've got, I mean, they got a strong defence and they've also got um, a really good striker um, in Marcus Day. Um, who is currently, I think, the, the league's top scorer. And he's got 12 goals so far this season. There's a Rossington player that's got 12 as well. Um, but, yeah, Marcus is a really good striker. Um, and and it's it, you kind of look and that's what... Not that you don't need a midfield at this level, because you do, um, but they're based on a really strong backline and potent strikers. Um, obviously, the midfield does a job as well, but their real strengths are in those two areas, and it shows. Yeah, he was a big lad as well, Marcus Day, wasn't he? Proper centre forward type, you know. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a bit of a shock actually. So my kind of uh, overinflated opinion of Wakefield got brought down a, a peg or two with that. It was a bit of a shock. I, I think it's the first time that I can remember at least following Wakefield right since the start that we've been properly beaten by a much better side, you know. Even the Swinton matches, Swinton were always good, but I never felt we were properly beaten by them, you know. Even mm-hmm. when we even when we lost, I felt we, we held our own and, and those matches could have gone the other way, you know. But this this match, we never looked in it right from the kickoff. Um, and, you know, fair play to Campion for that. Fair play to Campion, actually, for, for getting such a cool club set up as well, because it's really nice, you know, um, in Manningham, which is off the beaten track in Bradford and maybe don't have the best rep, but the club is lovely, lovely set up, really nice little ground, um, nice people there. They've got their own little merch stand. Um, yeah, floodlights, nice little enclosed setup, funny little slope in the corner. Like, the ground is otherwise new and perfect and then weirdly like it like lifts up in the in the far left Just corner, one corner. Like, yeah as if you like dog ear in a paper in a, in a page in a book it looks like that you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like some weird addition to a crown green bowls lawn um but yeah I, I, that didn't affect the match in any way though because we were just getting thrashed uh the only de- the only the only thing i'm marking camping down for is uh they gave me a meat pie, and uh, I, I'm a vegetarian. I asked for a cheese pie, and uh, they gave me a meat one. I only, and I, I only found out obviously because it's a pie when I bit into it. <laughs> oh well, it was traumatic, but anyway, I don't know. It's not good that though, is it? <laughs> not really. Not really. I'm laughing. I'm laughing about it. But it's not good if you if you're vegetarian. It's 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 kind of yeah, it's a sin. But, no, it's um... not. It's not. It's not good. I have the. Um, they take a bit more concern if people have dietary requirements like allergies, you know. Jesus Christ. You get what you're given at comfort, right? 
Yes, for a Mars, and they give you a Snickers with your peanut allergy type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, like they, they were. It was a good. It was a good night out, but um, that it's was a lovely, not it, really, a lovely club, and also like I think we said as well. The sort of if we're not going to rent somewhere in future, it's kind of just a setup that we need in Wakefield somewhere. Um, nice pitch, standing areas around the outside. Nice seated area. Clubhouse, floodlights, off we go from there. A good sort of, you know, the level for us to start off at if we can. Yeah, sure. Um, I think we're all starting to think like that now, aren't we? Um, after after Decker's interview, which said that basically, like, Featherstone Rovers is, is not sustainable in the long term. Um, yeah, that's the sort of club that we need to be modelling ourselves on. You don't need a lot, do you, really? You just need a space. Um, that you can call your own and then add to it with like a, a little stand to start with, you know. Sometimes the little grounds are better for atmosphere anyway, aren't they, you know? Well, I was thinking that, I mean, like that sort of ground, we sort of gen- tend to bring in, I don't know, 300, can be up to 500 sometimes for home games. And at Featherstone, they're also spread out that you don't often get uh, a lot of atmosphere, although it has been growing, particularly in the, in the brig match, it was really good. Um, but we'd have a lot more noise, I think, back in the lads if, if we were all just crowded around um, a pitch. But then on the flip side, would you get as many people going if they stood watching as opposed to seated? Because we, we do have a little bit of, I wouldn't say look, look maybe it's not luxury is the wrong word at Featherstone, but we don't we have a stadium that none of the other teams in our division have got and you don't tend to get at this level. Um, so... It'd be interesting to see what sort of crowd sizes we'd get with a normal, no, no, but you know, a, a, a ground that is more fitting the level we're at, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I that will be interesting, yeah. But the, the crowd will come, you know, with, with getting good results, won't they? That's the other thing. Um, and that result was 2 0, if I remember rightly, it was. And probably should have been about five or six now. Yeah, I don't think anyone don't think anyone would argue with that. Um, yeah, we we, well, we we took a beating. Yeah, we did. And the next match was Campion again, wasn't it? It was in the League Cup, um, yeah. and Which I went lot- to again. <laughs> so everyone, had, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing twice and expecting a different result. Which we didn't get. We got beat again, didn't we? We put our different team, but we got result. We did get a different result. I was going to say we got the same result. No, we got different. We got four 0 rather than two 0 um, and we changed things round. Um, and we've given some trials to some players in that who who have got signed and sort of trying to see who. I think Gabe was having a look at some players, see how they got on. Um, some did okay despite the result. Probably some not so well. Um, but yeah, it was another one of the long trip over to the side of Bradford for not a great night out, really. Unfortunately, no, I didn't enjoy that one at all. Um, I understand what Gabe was trying to do in the sense of like playing people in interesting positions and seeing you know what he can do with trialists and giving people a I don't know, just, just doing something experimental. But, I mean, it was such a disconnected, disjointed performance 
where we never really got anything going really throughout the whole match. There was a few nice little one twos, as there always is with Wakefield. You know, there's nice little triangles that is sort of Gabe's signature style. Like there was little bits of that, but then it was a really, really fleeting. You know. Because it was such a, a, a kind of an unusual team, so I'm struggling to really think about what what meaningful things he could have learned, really. I'm not a football manager, so I don't know. He might have just learned which players not to, to, to look at and which, what not to try. You know, something, sometimes you've got to um, test something to see if it doesn't work as much as if it works. That, I suppose, is the way I'd look at it. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't an experiment that worked. I think as much as anything, it's probably making sure that we didn't get any more injuries to the first team. You know, not, you know, to, to the players that are generally playing in the league. Um, yeah. We did have we did have some first team players in it, so it wasn't like a totally you know scratch side. Um, it was a bit of a mixture. But yeah, maybe in terms of keeping the the injury list as limited as possible would have been in his mind as well. But yeah, we're out of that cup now. <laughs> so we can forget about that one and, and, and focus on the league and the other cup. Focus on the league, eh? That's the old, uh, the old cliche, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think um, it's probably best to just write that one off and, f- and forget about that, I think. Um, what I was worried about at that point, though, was that we were going to go into a real uh, nosedive because it seemed like in that match the team had lost all its confidence by the end of the match, I don't know, the shape had gone and we were pumping long balls, which we don't normally do. Like, you know, hopeful long balls rather than targeted long passes or whatever you want to call it, just yeah. ones that we were never going to get on the end of because Campion are massive. Um, yeah, so I was really worried for the league. I thought, like, oh, my God, like, we're going to start getting um, some really bad results here. But that wasn't the case, was it? The next the next win, they, they actually dug deep and... Yeah, I mean, in the first half, it came. It almost was. Um, we'd had a few chances. We, we, we benefited from them having a man sent off uh, Tronfield in the first half. Um, one of them brought down Billy Mole right on the edge of the area. Um, but it was a tackle from behind when he was last man. Um, referee was seemed a bit unsure as to what we, what he was going to give, but with plenty of. Plenty of shouting from uh, from the away fans. He actually brought out the red card. Whether he, whether he was going to do, a, a, I don't know. But we, we like to think we got an assist with that. <laughs> um, so they were down to ten men, um, but for most of that first half, still seemed to struggle to get into the game as much as we certainly did earlier in the season. Second half, complete change around. Um, and we we won that one three nil. Um, it was Jaden's first game for us. Um, and he was impressing throughout the game, and, and th- from, I think he got a man of the match because he got a goal and an assist um, with a beautiful goal where he sort of turned away from his marker on the edge of the box, ran a cannon like across the edge of the box before firing a, a belting shot past the keeper. Corey scored the first goal with a header from a corner um, and came over to celebrate with the fans, which is always a special moment. We always enjoy that when when the players do that. Um, and then Jaden set up Mason Ruby for the third, um, which finished with a beautiful left foot shot past the keeper. So, yeah, it was it, the, the second half was, it was as if the Campion games and even the first half hadn't been there. It was it was kind of classic Wakefield. And you kind of thought from then, we've got our mojo back. 
<laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's uh, great. It's great result, <laughs> that, and a great mental character to bounce back. And, and we just need more of that. They need to remember that they can play that football. Um, we've, we've struggled since then as well, and it's just that 45 minutes is what we can do, and we just need to to do more of that. I mean, Drumfield... I like, say it like it's easy. <laughs> it's not like Drumfield are whipping boys of the league, right? Yeah, so they were, they're, they're, they're in eight, you know, they're, so they're, they're, they're playoff contenders. So that's a really, really, really good result. I think wow. they were up, I think they were above us when we played them, or at least on the same amount of points or something. I, th- I, th- I think they had more points than us when we played them from memory. Mm. Um, so that was a really good win. Well, so you'd think that we'd crack on, but that's not exactly what happened, was it? So what was the next result? Uh, that's Wisborough Bridge, and we lost two one, and they'd only got four points before then. So that was, it was one of those games you go into perhaps, as my position as a fan, overconfident, thinking, come on, yeah, we might have struggled against Campion and and Retford a little bit in terms, you know, the top of the table teams, but they've only got four points. We're down, we're bound to get a win from this one, and we just, again, which didn't seem in the game that much, and now we just. Everything didn't click, or nothing clicked. I suppose is the word to say. Yeah, it it was just a pretty poor performance, really. The, the, even Gabe said after the match, um, we lost it more on mentality. He thought they just they just wanted it more. They weren't a brilliant side. They weren't you know a great technical team. We didn't get beaten by a stronger team or a more technical fluid team. That but they just beat us to every second ball. Um, and when once they'd got ahead. They did everything they could to run the clock down. Um, we suffered a little bit from the referee, but then again, that happens from time to time. I think there was a a goal that we thought was over the line that wasn't given. There was a penalty that wasn't given. But that's football at this level sometimes. We, 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 we've said before in a lot of these reviews that we don't get the rub with the referees, but neither does the opposition. They'll probably say the same thing. Yeah. I'm just wondering about mentality, and, and this is not to say that the Wakey lads have a weak mentality or anything like that, far from it, you know, I've seen these lads pull through away at Swinton, you know, get a win in the biggest pressure situation ever. So they're certainly not, they're, they're a team of absolute heroes really, you know, but um, I do I do wonder sometimes, they're very, they're very young aren't they as well, very young side. And I think we've said it on previous podcasts, we kind of have been, you know, looking for a couple of dogs of war, you know, some old veterans who can, you know, they've seen it all before, you know, they've seen every style of play and maybe they can draw on that experience just to guide some of these young lads a little bit when the going gets tough. Hopefully they can do that. Exactly. And I think it was one of those games where you looked and you realised you needed someone out there that could just lift the spirits a little bit and, and pick them back up when things go quiet because if the players that we've lost uh, through injury tend to be some of the louder ones on the pitch as well. Um, so when the pitch goes quiet, the play kind of goes a bit quiet and then we stop winning the second ball so much or going in for challenges. And it, yeah, it just it was crying out for someone to just lift them a little bit um, because... Gabe's not a loud manager either. I'm not saying that particularly is a fault, but there's no one really on the touchline who is a 
Martin O'Neill character. Do you, do you, do you, I'm trying to think of a manager that sort of like would would like kind of gear team up and give him some spirit. But you know, he's he's a very tactical manager. Um, I think there are some games where he does some shouting, but he's more in terms of organisation and how to play and lets them kind of get on with it. Um, so yeah, I think having someone like Tom and if we can, I don't know if we get any more in, just to try and strengthen the the core of the team that would really help yeah maybe we don't need like loads of signings now maybe we've got the key pieces set so a proper center forward would be good if jake's not going to be back anytime soon um but anyway you can't have everything can you like you say everyone who's been playing there has done their best so anyway we're, we're doing all right i don't think we need to be too disheartened no, it's, I think I think sometimes you get disheartened during the match, and you sort of it gets frustrating because we we know how good we can play football, yeah. um, but we always support them. You're hundred percent. The team sometimes gets frustrated. Fans might get frustrated, but the point is we're behind them all the way, and we love that well, team a bit. One thing that was annoying the next match, if I if I've not missed any, Harrogate. A train strike. Oh yes. Um, don't talk to me about train strikes. Like there's one on Wednesday, which made it. I had to get a National Express. There's no trains, um, and I'm, I'm working in Leicester at the moment, so that took almost four hours to get back from Oof. the coach, which was a nightmare. Seemed to stop at every weird place. <laughs> it was practically a tour of the Sheffield and Hampshire counties. We went to Chesterfield, <laughs> to out by Meadowall, bloody hell. Um, so train strikes were a nightmare. And I was going to go to the, the Harrogate away, but the train strikes kiboshed that as well. So I was really annoyed because I was looking forward to that. But um, I think we'd have had a much bigger support if, if that hadn't happened as well. Um, yeah, that's what I heard as well. There was like loads of people going to go and then a lot didn't. Only the hardcore, like you say. <laughs> there was still a good number there. There was still a good number. Um, and a few that had been out in the pub since about lunchtime. Uh, <laughs> that had managed to get sort of like either a bus into Harrogate or, or a lift and what have you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there was quite, there was quite, there was still quite a few there, just not as many as we could have had, unfortunately. Because yeah. I think most of the grounds we've gone to so far, um, we've given that team or helped them get, not given them, their biggest gate of the season so far. I've looked, yeah. at, you know, I've looked at some of the teams we've been to, and their biggest crowd has been when they've played us. Um, we would have had the same. I'm not sure we we did um, with that one, but yeah, we've got a really good growing away support because we've in thinking previous seasons we've had it where the home support has been quite numerous, um, but then the away matches um, tended to be in the teens, sort of 10 to 20, and then it sort of grew last season up towards 50. And I think this season we've had more than 100 at some games. So it's really growing. It is. And one thing that I, you noticed at Campion was like all these Wakefield flags around the uh, perimeter, which is which is great, you know, because it's like really like staking a kind of an identity of the away club right on someone else's, someone else's stadium. And I don't know... Like, I'm just thinking back. I'm sure there was more of Wakefield fans at, at Campion than there were Campion fans. Maybe yeah, they were probably. all in the clubhouse or whatever, but... I would think so. Definitely, yeah. I, w- I would have thought so. I mean, 
uh, it, it, certainly most of the noise was coming from us anyway. But I think we did. I think we we tend to have that in most games, even if there are even if they've got quite a lot of fans, we tend to make more of the noise at most of the grounds we go to. Um, but yeah, the, yeah. the flag the flags are a nice touch. When I was um, putting the flag up that I take at the Harrogate match. Um, at one end of the pitch, the referee was just doing his tour with the linesman and what have you. He's like, "See, you're marking this out as the away the way end than I yet." And I was like, "Yeah, it's like like a dog or a cat marking its territory kind of thing." I would just get there and put a flag up and claim it as our. <laughs> this is our bit. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let's get uh, everyone listening. Get some more flags. You know, it's cool. Like just to have a whole wall of flags, right? I think uh, I might get designing something. No way, can't we? Like that would be pretty absolutely. Cool. That'd be great. Get the get our logo on a, on a flag and get that up every game. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So it's all part of the fan culture, isn't it? And I think this podcast is really that's what we're be, always been about, isn't it? You know, trying to develop a like kind of an independent fan culture and terrorist culture or something like that. And I love how it's grown as well. I mean, when we started off, we didn't really know how many people were gonna sort of listen and if it would take off but the amount of people um and you get and you get a lot of messages on twitter but i can tell you you from facebook as well so many fans are saying you know keep it going it really helps them follow the games um and particular people that don't get to the games chattanooga ian for a for an absolute (laughs) obviously um example there of someone that um relies on us to keep them updated so um i think sometimes the club doesn't seem to do as much news and, and updates as it used to do. Um, so I think that's that's why people kind of turn to the things like the, the our Twitter and the fan group and other things to get information because I think last season we, we turned to take out a lot more information. This season, I think I think Tom was the first, they mentioned on social media about signing Tom, but some of the other players that have come in have kind of, come in through the side door without anyone really noticing and we want to be shouting about these things and what great players we've got. Definitely. Well, I get all my information off you, so... <laughs> <laughs> so don't I be really to everyone else. I just try and keep oh. my ear close to the ground. And, and um, there's, But there's, again, there's other fans that um, i got to credit some of my info for because they've spotted players being added to our um, roster on the NCL website before I have, so it's not just me. Paul Holt, for example, spotted... Um, Jack Wilman signing for us, which it hadn't spotted. So yeah, everyone's we, we, and again that's that's a good thing. Cause we've got all fans that are looking out to see what we're doing now as well. Yeah. Well, just back to the Harrogate match. Yeah, we lost that, didn't we? Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it's not been a great month for us, has it? Um, well, although, well, I say that we were, were in this podcast, we're kind of covering September, but that was the first of October, so. We kind of thought it would be a fresh month with a fresh start, and it, we were just never really in it. We, their keeper said, jokingly said to us after the game, because we were having a bit of a laugh with it, you know, because you, you chat sometimes to the other players as they're coming off if you get a chance. Because you give them a bit of banter through the games, and a lot of them just take it and have a bit of fun with it. So he said he only had to make one save throughout the whole game, and he was a, he, he was a He's a dwarf. He was a short keeper. He was he was tiny. We could have we could have lobbed him from the six yard box, <laughs> and we didn't even get there. And yeah, it just wasn't our day, unfortunately. Um, 
Love him um, for six yard points. That's really cool. <laughs> it wasn't a good day. It wasn't. Um, and, we, and it's one of the, it's one of those, especially when you, it was one of the longest trips that we've got as well. I think. Yeah. We've got, I think we've got a couple of East Coast ones that are going to be long drives, like Brig and Beverly, and there's Ollerton and Redford. We've been to down south, but that's the furthest north we go. And even without the rail strike, the ones that had gone and enjoyed their day out before and hoping for a great game of football, and it just didn't happen. But. As the old phrase used to be on the club's Twitter, we go again. That we phrase, go we go again. again. We, we reset. We didn't have a good game. It happens. It's football. And we leave that behind and we try and bounce back stronger. Yeah, indeed. Well, like I say, I think, I think they're doing all right considering the injuries. They're doing better than whoever's in charge of the flipping railways anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, they're... They must have lost lost more on all the comp. Well, they're going to lose more on all the compensation claims I'm going to put in for all my missed trips than their, than their, and everyone else. Which I encourage you to do the same. Um, than just giving their workers like a decent pay rise. But anyway, hopefully, um, hopefully the trains will be back to normal soon. Anyway, but, first it was um, the bus drivers. Now it's the train drivers. Then we've got the the nurses talking about it. Now I think everyone's going, aren't they? Yeah, it'll be a, be a general strike soon, but it's, <laughs> we're not, not rabble-rousing. Well, I mean, I'm actually on the slide. Uh, um, the revolution starts here. Yeah. What have we got coming up then now? I've lost track a little bit. I do have my fixture list here. Right, Wednesday okay. the 12th is when we're playing Yorkshire Amateur um, in the Cup, which should be an interesting game. Because um, they're sort of bottom of their division, and... Um, yeah, that's very it, winnable. Hopefully, that you know that could be one to 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 uh, to start a good cup run because I think a, a cup run would give us a bit of confidence as well and give give us somewhere different to go because we might see some different clubs that we're not going to play in the league because um, that's the West Riding Cup. So uh, obviously, it's not just the NCL. So it'll be quite interesting to see what other teams are out there in that. Um, back in league action on the following Saturday. Um, We've got two home games. In fact, after the after the Yorkshire Amateur home game, we've got Staveley at home on the 15th and Dronfield, the rematch, on the 22nd. Because a couple of fixtures got moved around because of other teams' cup action. So we're now playing Dronfield on the 22nd. Um, so yeah, we've got three home games on the bounce. Finishing the month with a way to Selby on the 22nd. That's an evening kickoff. I think it's a Tuesday, that one. Um, and the final match of the month, 29th of October, Horbury Town, the local derby. Oh, um, yeah, that'll be exciting, won't it? And it'll be interesting. You know, we could be quite close between the two teams in the league at that point. Well, it's a good month. So that'd be, that'd be a good one. I'm quite looking forward. I've never been to their ground, actually. I'm quite looking forward to the away visit there. Um, yeah. yeah. We welcome them to our place on the 29th, just before Halloween. Um, let's hope we can give them a scare. Yeah, well, it looks like they're rocking a little bit after their uh, awesome start. Some people might say the same about us. Because <laughs> um, it, it was just a Harbour shooting <laughs> at the top, wasn't it? And then uh, we're both been pegged back. Well, Campion beat them last week, 7-1. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I think it was 7-1, wasn't it? It was 7-0, 7-1. Anyway, I know Campion got 7 because it, it was a top-of-the-table clash at the time. And 
Campion being camp, I think it's well, I don't think it was Holbury being bad, I think it was just Campion being Campion. Um, if they're not champions by the end, if it's not Campion champion by the end of the season, then um, something's yeah. drastically gone wrong there. They're like the Man City of this division, I think. Yeah, except, um, well, the Rossington are quite Rossington look quite strong, don't they? As well, we haven't we haven't actually played them to know what they're like, we don't play them until November. Um, but they're, they're pushing them, aren't they? They're only three yeah, points they, behind them. They, they are pushing them, but um, I mean, there's still there's still a gap. I'm just having a look for this champion match now because I wanted to just double check, but I can't find it. Never can find it when you uh, when you need to under pressure. But you're right. I mean, it was a real shock result, that wasn't it? But uh, yeah, I mean. Harbury, I, I think, will still be a a good uh, a good side. They've got loads and loads and loads of goals, so it's going to be a a difficult match. Um, it was seven nil. I was wrong. 7-0, it, was, yeah. it was seven nil, and they, they had a really good crowd actually looking on here. They had uh, for an evening kickoff in a wet Harbury, two hundred eighty eight, which I think is pretty impressive because I think sometimes even on an evening we struggle to get, you know to get that many. So that, that's a good crowd, is that? No, it's it's really impressive. It's a really nice story. What so I basically I almost live in Harbury. Basically, you know, I could I could walk to Harbury um, from where from where I live from, from to their ground, and it's just an amazing story about what's going on at that club. Like no one thought they'd get promoted last year. Um, they've got the most limited facilities that I think you can get away with in 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 the league. So they've got no money. It's a village club, and. Uh, yeah, Harbury is just a, it's a nice village, some really good pubs, but it's just a village. It's not like Wakefield, that's a city, or Dromfield is a town, you know. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a small place, and it seems like the whole village has got has got behind them, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, so arguably they might call Harbury a town, but it's really not. It's really not. It's a... It's got a nice little high street, like a traditional old English village, and it's a very lovely place to live, but calling it a town is a stretch. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, it, there must be, like, literally every, everyone in the village who's into football must be following them, which is a great story, you know. That's, yeah. what it's like. That's what's good about non-league football, right? So all power to them. I obviously don't want them to uh, beat Wakefield, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for... for um, Harbury, definitely. I've got a soft spot for them. My lad used to play for them as well, so there's another another reason. They're a nice, like, volunteer-run club. Um, so, yeah, that's all cool. Hopefully, I'm looking at these fixtures, and I'm thinking there's nothing to be massively scared about there, though. I think we can kind of regroup and hopefully take some points from some of these matches. And maybe Especially with three. Harbury match with some confidence. Especially with four out of the next five games being at home. I think that yeah. should help as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whoever you, whoever you play in away from home is always difficult, isn't it? Especially at this level where the grounds are so, what you call them, idiosyncratic. Um, yeah. Well, okay then. Um, I think that's about it. I can't think of any. Did we, did we do an, in, an injury update? Anything new on the? Horizon? Yeah, no. We've been through the injuries. We've been through any sort of what we need to sign. 
review of the teams, the positions and what have you. Um, just as, a, as an aside, one thing we mentioned before in a previous podcast, Doncaster City. Um, oh, yeah. Because yeah. I did mention it, we were going to bring this up on this, because they had that thing where, I don't know, I've not heard if they've been successful, but they will, obviously a new club um, that's in the Sheffield and Hallamshire, further down than we were playing when it was their first season. They've tried to enter the Scottish FA Cup. And I'm not yeah. sure if that's actually come off, if, if they've heard back and what have you, but I think it's a great PR move because they were, I actually was driving, I was, I heard them on TalkSport, someone from their club was on TalkSport radio, um, talking about the fact that this little club from Doncaster, obviously, not the favourites of Doncaster Rovers fans, um, is uh, trying to get into the Scottish FA Cup because of uh, a rule, sort of like a gap in the rules. So I'd love, I'd love to know if they actually managed to get away with that yet or if they've heard back. Um, so, but they certainly, they certainly seem to be, as a new club that's starting out, the, from especially from a social media aspect and in the news, they're really making a lot of noise and um, getting, getting noticed. Yeah. Um, and of course, what the loudest Jock, though, right? You know, and all of that. Um, and Jock's dad, um, Terry Curran, um, runs the team, I think, as well. Does he? That's interesting. Away, yeah, because I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Doncaster City, but doing something like that, like trying to go into the Scottish Football Club, to me, just makes you look like a, a, a joke club. Uh, it makes you look like you're not serious, like you like some, like like PR stunt. But um, also, I think like I know Wakefield's an inspiring example of how to set up a football club as well. But it's not like everyone can jump on the bandwagon, right? Doncaster actually has a club, unlike Wakefield. That's um, the typical thing, isn't it? Because and it's not just that they've got a club; they have a league club there. Yeah. So, so to try and come up as What's the, what's the old term that uh, Ferguson used to use at May night? It was like the noisy neighbours, isn't it? So I think they're trying to be the noisy neighbours of Doncaster Rovers. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was like a bit more of a a PR type of move than maybe something serious. Although, you know, obviously if, if they did manage to get in somehow, I'm sure they'd have a good <laughs> good game if, if, if someone turned up from Scotland to play. But... Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on it. It's almost like it gets them noticed at least. And sometimes at this level, just getting the name out is a, is a start. Hmm. Well, that's true. But I think we're doing it the right way. I mean, to be fair, there was a lot of people who accused of us, us of, of being horrendously arrogant, you know, and maybe we made a few mistakes in how we presented the club in the first first season, you know. Which I'd agree with it, that. Guy acknowledged that, Denny Decker acknowledged it, that maybe there was like some kind of boast about getting the club up to the football league by in about five five seconds or whatever it was. It was like we were going to get back to back to back to back to back promotion, which to be fair, we're still on track for, so haters it <laughs> <laughs> we could still do it, but yeah, I think I, I don't think we really made any friends in that first se- season, and I think that kind of affected our position in in that league thing going on. I think I think people kind of looked at us based on that going forward because we'd obviously we got the multiple sponsors on shirts and yeah. minibuses with the players and then everything back in that first season in particular. 
Um, and now I think we're, we're much more grounded, I'd say now, despite obviously the, the playing at a stadium. Um, but that's from the previous running of the club. Um, I, th- I think the new owners are much more sensible and grounded and taking oh, yeah. step by step. I mean, if you haven't listened to it yet, make sure you listen to the uh, interview with Deck. You know, it's brilliant for setting out the, the the vision for the club. You know, which is also why we've got Tom Class. He's he was said the reason he signed is because of this vision that's realistic, but you know, ambitious. So it's much better now. Um, but yeah, make sure you you keep listening and downloading and sharing. Um, on that note, just to wrap up. Do keep recommending the show to all of your mates and friends. Every listen helps us a little bit. We don't monetize the podcast in terms of adverts or whatever, but the more downloads we get, the more chance we've got of doing interesting things in the future. Uh, if you like what we're doing as well, it's uh, nice of you to leave us a little review or something like that, and you can do it on iTunes. You don't have to write War and Peace, just say this is a great show or something like that. We like this. Or whatever, you know, if you make suggestions, you can email them in to us at allwakey, aren't we, um, at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, at allwakey, aren't we? Um, or on the Facebook, which is allwakey, aren't we, isn't it, as well, sorry. Yeah, and, and also, well, if, if anyone, we want to get fans involved, is the thing I was going to say as well, um, rather than it's just being us two, we're trying also, we'd love to get other people involved. Um, if anyone wants, I mean, I think people tend to know me by face now so feel free to grab me at a game if you want to have a little opinion and we can record a little interview for you know a little stint to put onto the either on the weekly reviews or onto this and what have you we can, we can get people onto this show as well like we have done you know we've, we've had steve on uh, in the pre-season um gonna get ian on next very shortly and ian as well I'm, looking, I'm really looking forward to that yeah so one of the things i was always keen on was to get like you know at the ground fan you know fan kind of cams or fan reviews um people aren't always that confident but it's nothing to be scared of really just uh we all sat stand there at the ground wittering on about how we thought the game has gone and you know all the, all the only difference is you'll be doing it into size I, iphone <laughs> and i think the thing as well is it's better, at least it's not on camera because that, that i think people would be worse with that so at least it's just voice yeah, yeah, exactly. So contributions are always welcome. In fact, actively, actively encourage. Absolutely. So anything, anything you can do to help us out by sharing, spreading the word, you know, leaving little reviews or whatever, if you can do on Apple Podcasts or something like that. That's all good. And I've just about made it through this podcast without, without collapsing from my COVID. So that's a good sign. My mate, when I told my mate that I had COVID, he said, I bet you'd be dead in seven days. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cheerful response. It was a cheerful response, but um, I, I appear to be doing all right. So yeah, hopefully I'll make wrong. the next podcast, at least, and one of these matches coming up. We don't seem to have to self-isolate that much anymore, so uh, I'll probably go to the to the, um, to the next home match, I think. Well, this is interesting. You can stand on the terracing miles away. You, 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 there's enough room at Featherstone for you to spread out and not actually infect anybody. You'll be fine. Yeah, like Leper Island, you know, like <laughs> just me with my old wakey art we flagged in the corner with a bell. Yeah, I'll probably do that. 
Okay, well, so you can look out for that at the match next week. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thanks again, Sai, for everything. My pleasure as always. Catch you next time, mate. Thanks. Bye.